Hi, everybody, and thank you for listening to another episode of the Virtual Podcast. Today, I'll be talking to Jeffrey Travis. Jeffrey is a filmmaker, engineer, and virtual reality pioneer. As the founder and CEO of Positron, Jeffrey created the Voyager, the world's first full motion chair for cinematic VR. He and his team have worked with studios such as Universal, DreamWorks, Disney, Felix and Paul, and many others to craft premium VR content for XR cinemas using the Voyager platform. Positron was one of the main partners of the second edition of CanXR Virtual. Thanks for making the time, Jeffrey. Well, thank you, Peter. Um, I hope you are you and your loved ones are well. Um, uh, and how are you and Positron doing, actually? Because how much impact has the corona crisis already had on your company? Yeah, look, thanks for asking. We uh, personally I think everyone in the company is doing well and, and healthy, fortunately. Um, I think the, the coronavirus pandemic has definitely affected uh, anyone who was involved with uh, location-based entertainment, you know. So we naturally uh, saw all of our uh, customers uh, who had uh, venues like museums or tourist sites, centers have to shut down. And that obviously impacted um, Positron's ability to deliver and install our VR chairs and cinemas. Um, but fortunately, you know, we, we, uh, we're, we're fortunate in that a lot of our manufacturing is now done in Taiwan. And Taiwan is one of the countries that is, continues to do very well uh, during this pandemic. Yeah, and they they, they uh, never shut down uh, in terms of their uh, manufacturing. So even though uh, a lot of our customers are going to have to wait to reopen, you know, we've been able to keep some of our operations running, which, which we're grateful for. Okay. So... Um uh, are you still shipping products then or no, not shipping anything yet? Just because simply, uh, you know, it's our, our business has been very global. You know, we're scheduled to open the, uh, we had a, a XR cinema as we call our collection of chairs in, in London, which shut down and our, our next one was scheduled to open in uh, Melbourne, Australia. And, uh, even if our, our customers there could open these venues, uh, we're not able to travel there, uh, or, or at least not travel without a lot of right. difficulty with 14 day quarantines and such. So there's a, there's a bit of a holding pattern, uh, but we're starting to see some signs of life. They're starting to talk about, you know, targeting some opening dates. Uh, and it really depends on the country and the location. So, so no, nothing in, is being shipped right now. Uh, nothing physical is being shipped. And in which look, in which location do you see the, the biggest uptake? I would say uh, it's in uh, Asia. You know, we, we saw, we got some interest, uh, had quite a bit of interest in, in China um, as well as um, uh, some in Japan. And then I would say uh, even Australia, you know, I think like New Zealand was able to uh, beat the coronavirus. You know, Australia seems to be yeah. doing well. They're talking about a, a reopening some parts of the country in, in September, October. So right now that's the target to to see if that will slowly open back up. Okay. Um I checked your LinkedIn, of course, and uh, you have a clear background in media and film production. When did you realize that the virtual reality would be the next big step in your career? Yeah, you know, I, th I think I, re I, I realized that when um, I was, uh, had just finished making a VR 360 film for, uh, as a Tesla uh, uh, commercial in 2015. So my background's originally in uh, engineering. I studied electrical and software engineering, but then went on to oh, okay. pursue an interest in, in film. So I've had this dual background as both an engineer and as a filmmaker, uh, you know, working in, in film as both animation and live action, always had a passion for storytelling. And so when I think VR had its, uh, you know, it's some of its uh, resurgence uh, with Oculus uh, developing their first, you know, DK1, DK2 headsets. 
I had the opportunity to to direct a 360 video, and at the time there was, you know, no no 360 cameras uh, commercially available. You know, they were all made with GoPros and 3D yeah. printed parts, <laughs> and uh, I saw how challenging technically it was. But beyond that. I realized that there was there was something magical there, you know. Even though those those I, I call early days of cinematic VR uh, had a lot of challenges, there was there was something that was different um, than I guess a traditional film. And I felt like this could be uh, a future medium where stories could be told. A lot of people and a lot of industries were focused on gaming at the time, and just because of my interest in film, I really was curious more about how you could tell stories in the medium. So when I made this film for Tesla, it, it was okay. You know, we showed it on a, uh, I think it was a Gear VR headset at the time. Uh, you know, people enjoyed it, but I noticed that you know there was the typical challenges of where, how do you guide their attention? Where should they look? Um, you know, the even the the um, awkwardness of someone putting on a headset and cables around their neck. You know, was was a yeah. very different experience than say going into a a, a very well. Uh, produced uh, cinema where the lights go down, you sit back and you're just lost in the story. And I wanted to recreate that sort of magic, you know, where you forget about the technology and you're just capturing the story. So I had the idea for uh, a personal VR theater that would be a, a, a motion chair that could, as a director, guide the viewer where to look and also serve as a modular way to, to bring the best technology, but hide it in a way that the uh, audiences would just feel comfortable sitting in a chair and, and going into a story. So that, that was the moment when, I guess, that uh, career in VR started for me. Can you tell us a little bit more about the Voyager platform, about the chair? Yeah, sure. So the Voyager platform, uh, the Voyager chair is a, a VR chair that incorporates 360-degree uh, motion, um, unlimited yaw, which is a, a unique feature because we're able to take advantage of the full you know, 360 nature of, uh, of the canvas that the artist is working with. Um, also pitch back and forth. We have haptics, we have scent. Um, and, and beyond that, you know, it's, it's also a platform that allows, uh, is oriented at LBEs, so location-based entertainment venues like cinemas, museums, uh, tourist centers, uh, even airports to, to offer a premium platform. Our, our, our focus is really on, we feel that, you know, audiences uh, uh, have been somewhat skeptical, I think, of, of, of VR or have tried it, and it's, it's often a novelty. Um, you know, try, try it once. We, and we feel that part of that is that, you know, what is lacking is just really a, a wow experience where, where uh, someone walks away and can't wait to tell their, all their friends about it. And you've got to mm -hmm. see this and yeah, wants true. to go back. You know, that's part of the test. So the Voyager platform is, is meant to uh, empower creators to, to deliver their content in the best way possible. So we're always striving for what's the best visual fidelity, the best audio fidelity, but also the motion. Our, our philosophy on motion is, is different maybe than other motion chairs or platforms in that we go with something very subtle, uh, very smooth. We spend a lot of time on the engineering to make sure that you can't even ever hear the motors. Um, I was, uh, it, you know, we were fortunate to have Steven Spielberg once sit in our, our Voyager chair and he watched oh, a cool. Jurassic World VR film. And it was, it was definitely a, I was a very geeked out, you know, very awe moment for me <laughs> because I, I grew up watching his movies. And yeah, yeah. his first comment after he got out of the chair, he was like, that is so quiet. I couldn't hear any of the motors or any, any, uh, the motion was almost invisible. And, and that was a, I took that as a real compliment because we feel that we wanted the yeah. motion to not distract you. You know, you shouldn't even think about it, but it should feel very organic. Not like a, um, you know, not like a roller coaster or a thrill ride, but something that is more like sound, uh, inside of a film, right? We want the motion to, to feel tied to the content, feel organic, and, and really be uh, much more than a gimmick. 
So, yeah. um, so the Voyager platform is, yeah, we, we uh, created that and we've installed it in uh, a few locations um, that, you know, we're operating until the pandemic happened. And uh, we hope to, um, you know, start installing those again soon later this year. Oh, when was the first chair launch, launched actually, or when did you? Yeah. So the very first chair prototype was shown at SIGGRAPH uh, way back in 2016. And after that, we took that prototype to Sundance Film Festival at 2017. So my team and I, we were invited as artists to, to come in with this chair. And after that, we um, had a lot of interest from uh, VR creators and even from studios. Uh, Universal Studios saw, saw it and they said, hey, we just did a, a VR experience for the Mummy uh, movie with Tom Cruise. Tom uh, shot a, a stunt in 360 and they're looking for a way to show it. So they said, can we, you know, can we get 20 of those for a, a VR cinema? And that's how we ended up creating the, the first motion VR cinema at South by Southwest back in 2017. Yeah. Um, and for the next couple of years, we did a lot of testing by sending these to festivals, renting out our chairs. Uh, you know, we weren't quite ready to permanently install them until we had a little more uh, data back from audiences of what worked and what didn't work well. But the first uh, semi, I would say, long-term installation was in London just last year. So uh, this was for the King Tut VR experience, which is actually one of the, the finalists in the uh, award category at Cannes. And that was at the Saatchi Gallery in London. Okay. And how does the business model work? As for you, uh, Positron, and also for the LBs or with, uh, for the the people who install the chairs? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So our, our business model is really, we, we provide a complete platform for... Um, for venues or uh, location-based entertainment venues. And so the business model is typically a purchase or lease of the chairs along with our software and an installation. Um, we've explored the idea of revenue sharing with uh, some LBEs and um, that's really on a case-by-case -case basis because it depends so much on, of course, the operator and who's running it and the kind of content and what sort of you know ticket revenue you might generate. But for the most part, the business is, a, is pretty straightforward. It's a, you know, an installation cost of installing the chairs. And then we usually have an annual support uh, contract where, you know, we will have engineers or staff available for any technical issues that come up. Um, and then we also offer training because we believe that, you know, the experience is starts the moment someone, you know, comes up to the venue before they ever sit in the chair. So for us, it's really important to train the operators, train these venues, you know, to, to deliver that white glove experience uh, for audiences because that's what's going to keep them Coming back for more, that's what's, I think, going to do um, mm -hmm. honor, you know, the the type of creative work that the creators are trying to, to bring to audiences. Okay. And are you also partnering then with content creators or are you licensing content or do you have a library? We are indeed. So, yeah, we have a library, uh, almost 100 titles now. Uh, we are a distributor as well for, for VR content. And um, we, um, you know, we've partnered with both big studios like Universal and uh, DreamWorks and Disney. Um, as well as a lot of independent creators. Um, one of our, our interests is in really finding some of the best premium cinematic content in VR and bringing it to audiences. And so this is one of the reasons we uh, sponsored um, a showcase and an award at Cannes XR this year. You know, we wanted to mm -hmm. highlight some of the best cinematic VR content. And um, what we're uh, doing now is talking to a lot of these creators and not just the ones who are in the award category, but there's two about um, distribution deals so that we can, uh, you know, find ways to bring their content to audiences that would uh, benefit and enjoy seeing it.
Yeah, okay, cool. So yeah, like you already mentioned, uh, Positron is one of the main partners at Canix R Virtual. Could you explain what this partnership is about, the contest, and could you maybe elaborate a little bit more about that? Sure, yeah. So we partner with CanXR. You know, originally uh, we were going to be the uh, main sponsor for the physical event of CanXR. Um, if you've been to Cannes Film Festival uh, or the Marché du Film, uh, you know that uh, the, the VR section was not in a, necessarily a great physical space. It was in the basement. Uh, yeah, in the basement. That's away. <laughs> yeah. No daylights. No daylights. Very, very sad looking, to be honest, you know. And, and it, was yeah. always, it was always very, very I think, uh, frustrating for those of us working in VR to to sort of be tucked away in this dark corner. Um, and so we were excited because we had the opportunity um, this, uh, you know, last or th this year, what would have been Cannes and the physical event to sponsor. And we uh, were working with them to open a new waterfront venue that would um, have a, a, you know, I think it was over uh, 10,000 uh, square feet, you know, 1,000 square meters of, uh, of VR cinema. Um, and we were, uh, had planned to install an 18 chair VR cinema there and exhibit, you know, a lot of the Cannes artwork. Obviously, once the pandemic um, made the physical festival impossible, we, uh, you know, we were able to still work with Cannes as they went to a virtual festival to sponsor um, what was what we were calling the Positron Visionary Award. So the Positron Visionary Award is essentially an invitation to recognize the best storytelling in VR. And we invited artists um, to submit VR films uh, really with anything that would be considered cinematic or story-driven. Um, and we are awarding the winner uh, a, a Voyager chair that will be delivered to their studio um, oh. and support. Yeah, so it's a, it's a great package. We're offering the wow. distribution deal as well. And we wanted to do that wow. to just really, uh, you know, uh, have a stronger connection with creators. Um, you know, and that, that's kind of where, uh, you know, my heart comes from and where our background is. And we just we want to find ways to empower artists. So. You know, we said, well, just because the physical festival is canceled, we, there's no reason we shouldn't still do this if the, if the virtual festival is going to happen. And obviously, while the content won't be shown in our chairs, um, you know, we, we believe that there's still an opportunity to, um, you know, highlight and uh, shine a light on some of the, the creative works. Um, we have a, a jury who uh, reviewed our, there were six finalists out of over 200, almost 200 submissions. Um, and uh, we have a great jury together. Viola Davis uh, is the president of our jury, along with uh, Christina Lee Storm, from, uh, who was the VR producer on How to Train Your Dragon at DreamWorks. Um, John Canning, who's uh, executive producer at Digital Domain. Yeah. And uh, Jake Sally from Riot. And uh, Josh yeah. Nelson and myself are, are on the jury reviewing these films. And I got to say that... Um, we were really blown away by the quality of some of the work really? and things that we had, you know, even though we work in VR, we had not seen. We maybe had heard about or were even, and uh, obviously not every every piece submitted was was great, but uh, I would say of these six finalists, it was really, really, um, it's going to be a really difficult choice to determine even the winner because there's some, okay. some really high quality work where uh, just yesterday we met as a jury and we were talking about these pieces and, and I think the discussion went well over an hour talking about some of these just because we, we, uh, we found that it moved this in a way that to me shows that the, the medium is being elevated and there's creators really advancing, um, the kind of work I would say okay. where the gap is, is just audiences don't have an easy way to see this yet. You know, most people don't necessarily have a headset yeah. at home or aren't even aware that they can find this, how to find this content. Right. So that's, that's one of the things we want to do as we partner with can is, um, you know, even beyond the chair, find ways to distribute and bring this content to audiences that, um, you know, would, would, I think, 
find themselves captivated and asking for more if, if they only could see this these films right that are not they're not able to access yet yeah i'm very happy to hear that you're thrilled about the level of quality because to be honest there was always there was always like there were some good pieces of content but still it was not the wow effect in my opinion okay some pieces were very good uh, and, and then um uh, are we talking about documentaries or live action or animation or yeah, so it's it's uh, all of those actually. So in in our six finalists, uh, which you can you know go to the Can website ours to see them, we have a, a mix of um, animation, six off interactive content as well as three sixty content. Uh, I think uh, three of the pieces are documentaries, and then three are fiction. And does six off also work in the Positron chair? Absolutely, yeah, yeah, it sure does. Okay. We we um, you know even though it's not uh, standing uh, walking experience, the six a lot of the content we have is six off, and we think that. You know, that really enhances the story because it's just a little bit of that leaning in your head, looking at something a little bit closer, right? Yeah. That arouses curiosity. Feel that sense of presence. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah. some of the, some, two of the pieces of content uh, that are sixed off from the finalists, um, Enter the Tomb, which was the piece that was shown at the London uh, uh, VR Cinema, and then uh, The Great Sea, which were sixed off, um, are both meant to be seated experiences, even though they're sixed off. But because of the level of detail that they have in, in the um, experience, you know, they really invite viewers to, um, you know, lean in a little closer. And, and that I think creates a different sense of presence and magic. Um, okay. You know, what, what's interesting too, is I would say, I think 360, um, you know, some of the 360 films like uh, the wing Walker is one of them. Uh, Everest VR. Um, they, they, uh, I think 360 films sometimes get a, uh, a reputation as not being as good as, you know, six stuff. Yeah. And it's just simply not true. You know, I think that they're just different I agree. mediums. Um, you know, I, I got to say watching, and if you see these, hopefully you'd agree that these 360 films are just as captivating. Um, you know, particularly I think when they take you to places that um, you don't expect or that you would not be able to go on your own. You know, there's something about mm -hmm. the live action capture that, that just makes it magical. Yeah, that's the reason. That's the main uh, reason for 360, uh, for the existence of 360. And to me, it's not that at all, because for some people, it died a couple of years ago already. But I, I really like 360 video. But maybe one last question. Um, what's the biggest challenge you have with Positron right now? It's probably a rhetorical question. But how are you going to overcome it? Yeah, great question. I think one of the biggest challenges we have is, you know, we are known as the, I think we're most known for our chairs. So... When people think of Positron, they often think of our iconic chairs, and and that's a good thing. But I think the challenge is that you know we, uh, as a company, we're also very focused on content uh, production and distribution. And so, one of the challenges is just um, I would say um, finding uh, ways to um, exploit that um, those capabilities, bring that to audiences, and really um, expand our, our messaging. And hopefully, being part of Can and a virtual festival is is gonna is gonna help with that. Okay. Um, I would like to thank you for this interview, Jeffrey, and I wish you the best of luck in the future. Well, thank you very much, Peter. Really appreciate being on the podcast and thanks for having me. Thank you. Bye. -bye. Bye.